Buenos días. Good morning. I'm happy to be here again with you all. Welcome to Bolly Spring Baptist Church. Uh, we are here again. We are really happy. We went and come back. Thank you, God. And thank you, you all, for your prayer, your support. This team, just I want to highlight this. This team is team just with you all. Thank you. Let me pray. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for to be in your home. Thank you for let us come here and have the meeting for worship to you. Thank you, Father, for our life in you. Thank you because we are here with the unique purpose, give the glory and every credit for you. Thank you, Father, for our salvation. Thank you for your truth for us. Let us, let us be grateful and have sensitive heart through your Holy Spirit in our life. You are our God. Let us be humble with you. Gracias, Padre, te damos en esta mañana por todo lo que tú nos has brindado. Gracias por este privilegio de ser tus hijos. Gracias, Padre, por estar en tu casa. Gracias por este deleite. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén.
In the spirit of uh, Guatemala, you know, we had a, a two-hour worship service on Sunday, August the 5th when we first arrived, so we thought that, that would be okay to kind of give you the true spirit. Is that okay today? We'll be here for a couple hours? I'm just kidding. Okay. Just kidding. Before you walk out, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> uh-oh, Ed's already leaving. He's had enough. <laughs> um, in your pew, let me mention something. Before we talk about God's work overseas, let's talk about our work and God's work here at home in Boiling Springs. But in your pew this morning, um, you don't have to pull it out right now, but in your pew, there is a little blue slip of paper. On this blue slip of paper, it asks you on the top that if you know of someone that has just moved into the community to put their name and their information on this, and we would love to be able to welcome them to Boiling Springs and invite them to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. On the bottom, there's another place for name and address. If you know of someone that's just simply not involved in a, in a local church, and it would be good for someone to contact them and invite them to come and join us here at Bowling Springs Baptist, there's a section for you to put their name and their information on there as well. And so I just want to make sure that you were aware of that. Now, as some uh, preparation for our time this morning, uh, everyone will be sharing, but there'll be some music in the midst of that. And there'll be two songs that are played uh, with slides. And the first song will be sung by Chelsea Proctor, who, uh, where's Chelsea? Chelsea's over here, right here. Will be sung by Chelsea. It's a wonderful song. And in that song, uh, it's appropriate to show pictures of our team and the service and the acts of the things that we were involved in, the things that we were doing. And so you'll see a lot of pictures of our team in the slides and the message. If you listen to the message of the song and see the slides and things will go together. Uh, the next song that you'll see that will be our offertory today and Melvin will be praying before that. And ushers, you can come down. Uh, uh, Melvin will give you a cue to come down. But uh, during that song, God of the City, you'll see pictures of the people of Guatemala and the city of Shayla, Guatemala, and the local villages surrounding Shayla, Guatemala. Uh, I mean, you'll, you'll hear today about the people and how gracious they are and just the, their life and the, the struggles that they have. And so during God of the City, you'll see people of Guatemala and the city of Guatemala. Now, the question before we, as, or as we continue, as we transition into our sharing time this morning, the number one question uh, for some is why Guatemala? 
As a pastor, I get a lot of uh, information across my desk and have a lot of conversations with people, even in our church, that have been involved in India, been involved in Romania, and been involved in uh, just different places across the, uh, across the world. Uh, when I was traveling uh, with Baptist retirement homes, before I ever came to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, I was setting up my little booth for Baptist retirement homes at an event, and I think it was in Concord, and but right beside me was the Baptist Children's Home. And at this time, they had just announced that they were partnering with an orphanage in Guatemala. It would be their first international children's home. And I thought, wow, this is pretty neat. So I just talked to the gentleman that night and met the first house parents. We haven't even talked about that, that were going to live there and did live there for a while. And it was always interesting to me to hear and to think about this children's home and the North Carolina relationship with this children's home there in Guatemala. I thought about it on and off again over the months and years that have passed. And then upon my arrival at Bowling Springs, talked to Joanne and her connections with the Baptist Children's Home. And as time went on, I began to investigate it. And Joanne shared more with me about this. And then last fall, we took a visioning trip. Joanne and Melvin and I, along with some others from the Baptist Children's Home, we took a visioning trip to where we served um, two weeks ago in Guatemala. And uh, would this be the place for us to bring a group from Bowling Springs Baptist? And of course, uh, the answer was yes. And we felt led to do that and pursue that. And we are grateful as a team for your prayerful support, your financial support. Uh, We felt your prayers not only before the trip, before we ever took off. And we felt them during the week last week as well. And so at this time, I'm going to transition over to Joanne and let her continue uh, some of the, the, to answer more of the question about why Guatemala. Good morning, folks. I don't know really how Keith ever got me to get, agree to get up here and speak because I'm not a speaker. And the one reason that I did this is because of my love and my heart for the Baptist Children's Homes and what they're doing to help children. <clears throat> Let me share with you just a little background of how our Baptist Children's Homes, the North Carolina Baptist Men, and the Good Shepherd Orphanage partnered to carry out God's work in Shayla, Guatemala. In 2013, the Baptist Children's Home was considering widening its vision and mission to international children, helping children internationally. And the question came up, where? Where do we start? Where do we go? And we prayed and sought God's guidance. And at the same time, in Guatemala, unbeknownst to us at the uh, Children's Home, Vicki and Roger Grossman were praying for God to give them and guide them a way to help the children of Guatemala who were, they were tossed about, set aside, abandoned, and left to die in garbage dumps. They were left to die in grocery carts, just left out in the streets. And the prayers began to be answered. And the Grossmans were offered a free, no-strings-attached building, building in Shayla that would, with a little bit of work, uh, it would be perfect for an orphanage. And in talking with the Baptist Children's Homes, they felt it was God's hand at work for the Children's Homes and the Grossmans to unite to form the Good Shepherd Orphanage in uh, Shalem. The Grossmans had 26-plus years of mission work prior to this endeavor, and they did not want to leave Guatemala. And we just felt like that this was God leading us and that we were, they were the perfect match for us and where we wanted to open an international orphanage and help children. The orphanage opened its doors in 2014, and presently they have over, four, over 80 children that 
they have helped and cared for. These are individuals who have been rescued from the streets, from the garbage dumps, and that were just abandoned, and they would have faced possible death or starvation and abuse. After much prayer and consideration, the Grossmans, the trustees of the Baptist Children's Homes and the Baptist Men's Missions of North Carolina, felt it was God's call to join together and work to achieve the goals outlined by the group. With the leadership of this group, the mission endeavor started, and the word spread, and then we had a challenge gift presented to us at the Baptist Children's Homes, and uh, immediately, this, and this was a large gift, and immediately it was matched by the trustees and friends, and thus the Westmoreland Cottage was uh, begun. The leadership of the Baptist Men's Mission Teams are working and building the cottage along with the local workers. And the way the Baptist men do this, of course, is the teams that uh, they secure and that feel the need to go and do God's work somewhere. And so one of our challenge, challenges was, for those who need care, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And this became our motto for the uh, Guatemala uh, orphanage. And that's just a little highlight of how it came to be. And we just want to thank you for helping make our mission endeavor, this group up here, and the Baptist Children's Home, and the men, of Baptist men, we just want to thank you for helping us with this endeavor and making it a success. And we appreciate your prayers, your support, and encouragement. And we are gratefully appreciated everything you have done for us and helped make this trip possible. Okay. Thank you, Joanne. John White, why don't you share some things with us? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now, this is my first mission trip, and this is the first time I've got to speak in front of a lot of people like this. But, uh, but anyway, I just really want to thank everybody for all the prayers and support that you give us for going on this trip. I want to thank Jamie Nolan for getting me back in church. Thank you, cuz. But anyway, uh, I want to thank Billy Guffey. He, uh, I just went on a vacation, and it was going to be two weeks later, and I was going on a mission trip. And I mentioned it to him, and he didn't hesitate one bit. He said, uh, boy, if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. You do it. And so I did. And uh, thank, thanks to him. But... Uh, I also want to say that I could never pick out a group of people that I went with, and I love each one of you to death. You, it's, I couldn't have picked it out myself. And uh, this is a very good group I went with. And I want to thank Keith for being such a great leader and great pastor, but he, uh, he helped me out a lot of times on different things, and uh, he's uh, not just my preacher, but he's also a good friend. and. Uh, thank him but anyway well we had a good trip you know going down and uh like i say it was like a four-hour drive and i got to lean all over john for about four hours <laughs> we, we sat in each other's lap every time we'd hit a bump <laughs> pretty much we took turns he'd sit in my lap and i'd have to sit in his but um uh, anyway uh it was a 
It was kind of a long four hours, but it was great. I mean, you know, we really got, when I say bond, we really got to bond together. And uh, so I got to learn them quick before we got to Guatemala. <laughs> but anyway, the funny part is we get up Sunday morning and we're going to church like at two o'clock, you know, Sunday afternoon. And uh, we're going to get Roger. He's He's got some stuff he's got to do for two days. So he... Uh, he wants to kind of run over stuff because we're not going to see him and, and tell us what we need to do. And anyway, I'm thinking, yeah, he wants me to put a roof on this building. He wants me to do this or fix a lawnmower or do something. And he said, I want you to pick blackberries. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, hmm, okay, I can do that. I can pick blackberries. Anyway, I'm picking blackberries going, wow, I can't believe I've went 1,500 miles and I'm picking blackberries. <laughs> I sure hope it's cobbler's good, you know, I'm thinking, wow. But it's okay, that's what they told me to do and that's what I wanted to do. But I will say, when we went to church at about 2.30 that day, we found out that the blackberries were going to the orphanage. And you know, people down there, they're, uh, we're rich here, but compared to what they have, they're rich in different ways. I mean, they're, uh, they're just, uh, I mean, you can walk up to them on the street and they're just happy, have no worries whatsoever. I mean, just, but anyway, the kids got the blackberries and it was like, you know, it was like going to Krispy Kreme Donut for them. I mean, they were, they were very, you know, happy over it. And I was like, well, you know, it opened my eyes. But anyway, uh, I also had a birthday while I was there. And uh, and I got to say they all celebrated my birthday, and it was it was great. I had a great birthday. But whenever I would meet one of the Guatemalans or whatever, they would sing Happy Birthday to me in Spanish, and I would be like, Wow, this is pretty cool. And, <laughs> and uh, but by the first day, I, I got to do some painting. I got to do a little bit of construction. Got to help Carlos and John and. Uh, and the third day, I got to do some pressure washing, which Logan's, she said I didn't, wasn't doing it quite like she would have, but anyway, <laughs> that's okay, Logan. She's going to teach me. It's all good. But, but, then, uh, but then me and Melvin, we got hooked up. They put us in a, a job to where we got to pull weeds and plant some grass seed, and we had like two or 300 trees we had to fertilize. And uh, but Melvin was right there with me the whole time, and uh, I needed Jamie on this part because I had first thing he was like, "Oh yeah, he's a mechanic. He can fix anything." And uh, so I had a couple lawnmowers, and a cement mixer, and a riding lawnmower, and some other stuff. But I looked at and tried to get straightened out the best I could because there in Guatemala they don't have you know tools that we have here I mean I was using a pair of vice grips to go on a quarter inch socket because they didn't have a quarter inch ratchet you know to take stuff loose but it's okay it all worked out good but they also have a they also have a Ford tractor Mitchell I want you to know that <laughs> and so we're we're planning to have Mitchell come down there and help us restore it or whatever but anyway I'll talk to you about it later mm -hmm. <laughs> 
But I just want you to know, uh, going to the orphanage was, it was an eye opener. I got two girls about the same age that the people are in this orphanage and some of the stuff I don't even want to talk about up here goes on. But to look at the kids in this orphanage, I mean, it's, it's unreal. You know, without them, you know, they wouldn't have a chance. And uh, so it kind of it hit home hard to me because I got two girls the same age and I couldn't imagine, you know, uh, I just couldn't imagine something like that, you know, that they're going through. And I just want to thank Roger and Vicki Grossman because, you know, they've told us a thousand times they've done a lot, but they could never do it without God. And uh, anyway, God opened my eyes a lot this week to see what goes on. And uh, it, it really was a blessing to get to have this experience. Anyway, Keith's got me on a stopwatch, so I'm going to quit. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say that John didn't say, but <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, so Roger and Vicki Grossman, um, the spearheads of the Good Shepherd Ministry, shared an interesting story with our team while we were in Guatemala. Um, Roger, who is a chemist, and Vicki, who is a doctor, had their own plans for the Good Shepherd Ministry after hearing God's call the first time. Um, together, they opened a clinic and got to work changing lives and spreading God's love throughout Shayla. Um, and then one day, they got another call from God, leading them into the children's home. Um, both of them were hesitant to answer the call, knowing how hard it would be. With legislation, families, money, building, finding place to put them, basically anything that goes with running a children's home. This, was one, this one was particularly hard because of the laws in Guatemala forbidding adoption outside of Guatemala. Um, Vicki said something about the orphanage that really stuck with me and the rest of the team as well as we were talking on our way home. She told us that if it weren't for God's will and him making a way, that there would be no way that they could do this at all. The orphanage is solely based on God's will. I and Joanne and Desi and Carla and Logan all got to spend some time in the orphanage with those precious little babies. Um, and let me tell you, I have never, ever, ever seen God present like I saw God present in the orphanage. Um, he was everywhere. Anywhere you looked, everywhere you went, every kid you spoke to, he was, he was there. Um, Throughout the day, we were able to play with the toddlers and help give them baths and sing with them and play with them. It was extremely hard work. Um, we all came home exhausted and went to bed as soon as we got home, um, even if it was like five o'clock. Um, but um, I was able to see what Vicki meant. It took a lot of hard work and a lot of patience to be there with them. Um, without God paving the way for them, there would be no way um, for the orphanage. And who knows where those children would be? Um, there's a child in the orphanage. His name is Miguel, and he is a five-month-old baby. Right? Right? Okay. Five-month-old baby, and he weighs eight pounds and eight ounces. That's normal for a newborn here. So when we went in and heard that he was only five or eight pounds and eight ounces at five months, we were all like, "How did he make it?" Um, so it's it's one of those things that was very eye-opening to come back from. So I, it just it just makes me wonder. 
where would they be without, without God? Um, I couldn't help, um, or I couldn't have handpicked a better team to go to Guatemala with, like John said. Um, I'm so blessed that I was able to go with your church. Um, I have gotten to know these people so very well, and lots of you out there I've met at our fundraisers. Um, we each had our own skill set that came in handy um, while we were there at some point during the week, whether it be, um, be teaching, speaking Spanish, cooking, construction, mechanics, or just making others laugh. Everyone on the team had a purpose, and God led us all here for a reason. God truly made a way for our team to go and serve as disciples in his name. You brought me to the desert So you could be my water You brought me to the fire So you could be my shield You brought me to the darkness So you could be my morning light If you brought me this far If you brought me this far Wherever you lead me, I know you won't leave me. Wherever you call me, you will make a way. Wherever we're going, I will be holding to the promise you have made. You will make a way. And when I'm at the end of me, I find you there. And when I'm in the battle, you will be my present peace. Cause you brought me this far. You brought me this far. If you brought me this far, wherever you I know you won't leave me Wherever you call me You will make a way Wherever we're going I will be holding To the promise you have made You will make a way My God will make a way I know you won't leave me Wherever you call me You will make a way Wherever we're going 
I will be holding to the promise you have made. Wherever you lead me, I know you won't leave me. Wherever you call me, you will make a way. Wherever we're going, I will be holding to the promise you have made. You will make a way. about flexibility. Um, Flexibility was a word that we talked a lot about before we left. Um, In every meeting that we had before we left, we talked about being flexible and what that meant and how when we got there, you know, we may not be doing exactly what we thought we were doing, but we were going to do whatever we were asked to do. Um, And actually the very first day we were all tested on flexibility. Um, As John said earlier, Roger was going to not be there on Monday and Tuesday, our first two days of construction. And so we were going through orientation on Sunday, and half of us are in sweatpants and things like that, like not in work clothes at all. And Roger's giving us jobs. And we're like, wait a second. Um, We didn't think we were working today. So luckily the Good Shepherd's ministry where we were sleeping and all of our stuff was, luckily it wasn't far. Um, So we all ran back and we all put our work clothes on and got to work. And we only worked for about an hour and a half, but um, it, that day really helped us to prepare for the week to come. And um, our first official day of work was on Monday. Um, Roger and Vicki had to be in court about um, some of the children at the orphanage, so that's why they couldn't be there. Um, But luckily we had Carlos who spoke Spanish and um, the Guatemalan leader that Roger had um, could talk to Carlos and give us jobs if we needed them. Um, And then Tuesday night we all planned to go out into the city to go out to eat. And we were going to go pick up Joanne and Chelsea from the children's home. That's where they had been. And Desi and Elizabeth were going to stay there that night. But the plan was for all of us to go out to eat and then go back and drop off Desi and Elizabeth back at the children's home. But when we got to the children's home, they decided that Desi and Elizabeth needed to go ahead and stay and that they weren't going to go out to eat with us. And so Desi gets out of the van and she says, all right, y'all, we're just going to roll with it. See you in 24 hours. (laughs) And we all just agreed that that was the best attitude she could have because she was being flexible, and that's what we had talked about. Um, And the last thing that sticks out in my mind about flexibility is our trip home. And most of you have heard about the adventure that we had home. Um, We flew out of Guatemala and arrived in Miami when we were supposed to. But then our flight got delayed in Miami, and eventually it just got canceled. And all of us are just ready to be home. And um, 
Luckily, American Airlines, since it was a mechanical issue with the plane, paid for us a hotel. And so we got to sleep a little bit, and then we wake up to go back to the airport to find out that our flight was delayed. And so finally we get to Tallahassee, because they had to give us a connecting flight to Tallahassee to get back to Charlotte. And when we get to Tallahassee, our flight is delayed to Charlotte. Um, so it was just a... And, 36-hour adventure back home, um, but I think we all learned what it means to be flexible on the trip. I would like to share a few things about um, the culture differences, the cultural differences between here and being in Guatemala. Um, this was my first mission trip and my first international mission trip, so I've never been on a mission trip. Um, I've been out of the country one other time, and so I thought, okay, well, I've, I've experienced things outside of the United States, and I'm ready for this. And um, we, we get down there, and it is just, it is a humbling experience, I will say. I, I feel that I can speak for everyone who went on the trip. Um, it is an excellent exercise to be the minority. Um, I think that's something that a lot of us don't experience very often. Um, and when we went, everyone speaks Spanish. And we were so, so lucky to have Carlos, who um, just helped us all week. But um, and we picked up a few words, and we were writing them down and trying to use them. Um, but it was, it was very, um, it, it tests you. And it, it is nice to be out of your comfort zone for a little bit, but I think that's a place where we all grew together um, to, to be the minority and to, to respect their culture and to be in their space. So, um, but the Guatemalan people, um, I think it was Logan who said that they have nearly nothing, but they are the happiest people that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. They are so happy. They welcomed us. They loved us. Um, and they, they just treated us with so much respect, and we were, we were so happy to be there with them. Um, one thing that was similar, I felt in the beginning with our culture here um, in, in North and South Carolina, and then to be down there, is we're on the four-hour bus ride up the mountain from the airport. And um, I'm in the very front seat with uh, bags ready. Case I was a little motion sick, um, and I was like, you know, y'all, this is great. You know, we haven't been on the road yet that's any worse than South Carolina. We're fine, and we're going. And you know, it's a little bumpy here and there, and they've got some patches in the road. And I'm like, we're all right. You know, we're on the Pan American Highway. There is no speed limit, so we're going pretty fast. And they don't really use turn signals. It's just kind of in and out. And I'm like, all right, I'm fine. I'm not going to be sick. And then we get up there and. We go on a mile-long dirt road, and I don't know if y'all have ever been to the Coxes, but this is not like Gene and Sherry. I mean, this is like, it is dirt. It's not gravel, it's dirt. And there are holes everywhere. We ride on the side of the road at an angle like this. It takes us 17 minutes to get up this one-mile-long road to get back to the Good Shepherd Center, where we're staying. And um, it just makes you thankful, you know, for things like, I can look at myself and say, wow, I do complain about South Carolina roads. And these people here, I mean, a lot of them, they're never even on a paved road. And it takes them a really long time to get from where they're going. And a lot of them don't even have cars. They walk. Um, so it just puts things into perspective where we think that, you know, things are inconvenient or difficult for us. And then there it's like that's something that's a part of their everyday life and they would never even question it. Um, 
So I think we did have a very humbling experience, and it's nice to have experienced another culture, but I think we're all glad to be back home. First of all, church, I'd like to thank you for allowing us to go do God's work, Christ's mission. Thank you for your prayers and financial support for we go back to feed the flock meal that was designated for our trip, the fish fry that was successful, and the very successful yard sale. Thank you for sending us as ambassadors for Christ, and we went as ambassadors for our church as well. You were noted and you were appreciated in many ways. Our morning devotions, which we had each day and evening devotions, led by various members of our team, strengthened us and united us more perfectly together. And I, like John said, if I were picking a group of people to blend them together in a short time for all the various experiences we had, we could not have done a better job. And I want to fill in some things here. John wasn't just picking blackberries. He was picking humongous blackberries the size of a quarter, and they really mounted up. But uh, also, that ride that uh, Desi's just referred to, it was a monstrous ordeal. To ride in that van the four hours that it takes to get from Guatemala City out to the Good Shepherd uh, place. But our shirts also told a story. We had our name, the church name on them. And as you have seen on the back, people knew where we were going. People stopped and asked us on the way down. They said, what are you going to be doing? Is this a church trip? And we gladly told them what we were about. And they appreciated that. We met some other people who were going on mission, uh, some to do other work in Guatemala City. But they told us, they told the story. We had a wonderful, I classify this team as a wonderful working witnessing team. We had a great opportunity, many opportunities to live and to love, which is the great aspect of what we wanted to do. The Cache people of Central Guatemala has 23 different language groups. 93% of the rural indigenous people in Guatemala live in extreme poverty. Children under age five have the highest chronic malnutrition rates in the Western Hemisphere. They have the lowest life expectancies, suffering from alcoholism, malnutrition, and infectious diseases. And I might add at this point that we are missing one member of our team. She did, Elizabeth Pack did extremely well on the trip, got home and got food poisoning. That's why she is not able to be with us up here today. But she was a great asset to us as well. On Sunday evening, as was alluded to on August the 5th, we were able to go to church, to a small church, a vibrant little church at 3 o'clock p.m. The service was, as Keith said, two hours long, but it was a happy time, a praise service. And as we walked in the little church, 
there was something peculiar. We noticed a little table down close to the front off to the left of the pulpit area, the altar, and it had various kinds of food on it. And later on, they'd move that over to the center of the church. But as people were coming in, some of them uh, late, we noticed that people would bring, one person brought a, brought a flat of eggs. There were already a flat of eggs up there. They brought loaves of bread, cereal, flour, and cookies. And I truly say I was puzzled when I saw this one lady that looked like she was the widow, offered her widow's might. She brought a loaf of bread and put it on the table. Later on in the service, we found out when they moved it over to the center that this was their offering to us. These people wanted us to have food to eat back at the Good Shepherd Center so we would have it during the week. So it was a very uplifting thing. Abelino, who was the leader of the Guatemalan construction team, local workers there, we met him in October when we went, and uh, Joanne, Keith, and I, and he remembered us. And you saw a picture of him, the little short fella, uh, but uh, Carlos was his sidekick all week, interpreting and working and laboring. But he remembered us, and he was proud that he helped build the little church where they were. He took me and wanted to point out the things that they had done to make this possible. And yes, I'm wearing my wristband from the church. They gave us all one of those and said, wear this for our church. The praise service, everyone was, during it, everyone was involved in singing, the clapping of the hands, and I, and no, I have no musical abilities. I was able to keep beat with the music as we did. The people were friendly. They had warm smiles for us. They greeted us, and even the small children smiled and waved at us. The small children, Ellen got involved with their little time at the front, had Bible verses and flip charts that they could uh, present. And during that part of the service, there was a great communication that took place. Every person there had a smile on their face expressing love and concern that would touch your heart. And I, this, I hate to be personal, but this one family, the smallest little girl that was among the children, she came by me and she, I was sitting on the end next to, to the aisle next to Vicki uh, Grossman and the little girl came over to me and did like this. I wanted to reach out and touch her, but I didn't. But after the service, I was able to communicate with her parents and her grandmother and uh, bragged about the little girl and it made her so happy and she wanted to go with us. But she was thrilled. Um, that she was able to be a part uh, of that. As I said, love is a universal language to be demonstrated through our actions, and it was. And before the service was over, they asked Vicki Grossman, well, they also recognized Keith and our team during the service, but they asked Vicki to come up and to share with them and it made a big difference with us. And as our ushers prepare to come forward and receive our offering, at this time, we will continue. But again, we can't thank you enough, church, for what you did in sending us and allowing us to go. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, this hour, and this place to worship you.
Thank you for the support, prayers, and love that surrounded us from these, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for the strength to carry out your mission and our task each day. Thank you for our church, for our pastor, Keith, and for all of our staff and leaders here. As we prepare to receive this offering, bless each gift and giver. Use them to your honor, to your glory, and to further your kingdom here and around the world. May we listen attentively and impress upon us the message of the song, God of the City. Amen. Well, uh, I was working with um, John Glenn. I think he was. <laughs> I think he was a good partner. <laughs> uh, we enjoy working together. Um, really, I enjoy it so much because I had I had good communication with the people because it's easy my in Spanish. Uh, that was great for me. I think that that was the first and my first time when I knew about. Uh, about this trip or this mission trip. And God put in my heart a gold, gold. And not thinking nothing about what I can to do is it's always in my heart I, I had my goodwill to help my neighbor, especially busy to short family from whatever country. I grew up in that, in that life. So, and uh, I enjoy all my trip. I never lose my purpose. My purpose always was help, help. Without us, nothing, nothing. Without, just, just with the desire, be help. And uh, call my attention, calling my attention with the, our group, the, the women, they was working like men. <laughs> really, really, this is my word. I know how it's hard. And it, it also, I want to highlight how this group uh, was working, really. Uh, our communion, nobody... Uh, and nobody, I saw some face, little worry, but because really we are in communion, and uh, that is is the more important in some group, whatever team. Is is like Jesus was with his father. They never have different. They wasn't just in one spirit. So that when we had service, when the the, the day is finished. Uh, that, that time, I, lo I loved that time because we share our day and we talk about us, how we are enjoying this time. I know how is uh, Latino America because I'm from there. I know there are many, many, many people, poor, poor people. And it was not so much surprise for me how much people is living in bad condition. Um, but I think, and, and my, my personal experience is 
how, how much was this blessing for me to be more close and this group with this team. That made me feel more close, close because we shared every day. We were sharing, sharing, sharing every day. And uh, we, are, we are not having different because when we are working, each one is trying to find work. It's not like the typical trying a boy. No, no one, no one did that. Each one, woman or man, is trying to find, find work and help and help. So thank you, God, for, for, for this great opportunity for me. I think it was so special for me to, to be in the, in the church with, in, in Guatemala and share with the, my short family from there. It was so interesting because I saw just and uh, the participation, the teenager, teenager, and they have all the center and the and the service, and obviously the pastor had the the sermon, and uh, <laughs> I, that was the time is when I I was thinking about all my my sister and brother, what they feel when they can understand what the preacher is talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, because, uh, well, I, I'm having this experience here. Uh, really, it's, 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 I'm, I'm trying to learn in English, but sometimes I'm really lost. <laughs> uh, uh, but, and after I, 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 I could uh, share with each one what the pastor, Talk and uh, was good. Talk, was good. Good sermon too. Uh, so I I really am uh, grateful with God. The first to be be member in the church that was my luck, and I know God put in my heart to be here together with Carla. Uh, it's like my. Uh, that is my happening. I feel, I feel really, really sure, and I feel happy. So thank you, um, you all, for this blessing for me. Uh, and thank you, God, for this, too. Thank you, you all, too. Thank you. I'm going to talk about um, the vegetables and the food and the soil and the children and some life skills of Guatemala. Uh, when I think of Guatemala, I think of the first time we got on the van and we started our journey to the Good Shepherd Orphanage. It was just mountains after mountains after mountains, just beautiful, green, lush mountains and landscapes just covered in lush vegetation and cornfields. Anywhere they could put a cornfield, they would put it. They covered the mountaintops on the sides of the mountains in the valleys. And I thought about all the endless cornfields that had to be harvested. And I thought, it's so hot here in the summertime, you know, when we have to harvest the corn here on flat land. And it's, it's hard work. But I began to think about, wow, 
the harvest you know situation that had to take place on the sides of mountains and I mean they're just straight up so I was very impressed with that so I immediately began to to see the hard work that these people lived every day um, and there were so many inactive volcanoes too we were always on the trip Pastor Keith was like, oh, is that a volcano? Hey, ask, is that a volcano? We're trying to figure out what were volcanoes and what were mountains. But there were just an abundance of those. And then um, as we got closer to the Good Shepherd Center, and we weren't just winding, we were on the dirt road that uh, Desi mentioned, I I started looking at the the fields uh, that were plowed up, ready for planting some type of vegetation. And the soil was so rich and dark brown in color. Wow, it's just, it's incredible, this, this you know, brown rich soil. And these people are so fortunate in that they can grow just anything they really wanted to. Um, and I was comparing that to our red clay here. You know, they're very blessed for that. God has blessed them with a beautiful soil and, and all this wonderful weather that they have to grow their food. Um, and one fruit in particular um, that they grew was the blackberries. Like uh, John White was asked to pick blackberries. Well, I, I wasn't asked to, but I wanted to pick some more because all the blackberries that John picked, they took to the orphanage to give to the children. And everybody was like, oh, we were hoping, you know, we would get a cobbler out of that or something. So I took it upon myself just to go pick some blackberries, and I brought it back to the kitchen. And really, the blackberries were just, they were just huge. I had never seen blackberries this big in all my life. And they were just delicious, too. So I brought those back, and when Logan and I went to the orphanage, I heard that Joanne had made a wonderful cobbler for our group, and everybody was very happy over that, and I'm sure it was quite delicious. Um, the food uh, the food that's grown there at the Good Shepherd Center was not only cornfields, uh, fields of corn, but snap peas, cauliflower, different types of lettuce, and so... Um, John White and Elizabeth Pack and I, we picked a lot of that to take to the orphanage. And so the children at the orphanage eat this food that is grown at the Good Shepherd Center. And um, when we went to the orphanage, we saw the children actually helping prepare um, the food and the snap peas that we had brought, they were breaking them and putting the peas in a pot to cook. And they were preparing the blackberries to cook and eat later with their meals. Um, and so we were told by Vicki that the children, they, the children of the orphanage, they, they're not just there to sit idle and stay inside. They're, they're all taught to, uh, they're raised to learn uh, important life skills in the life of a Guatemalan, which would be to plant their gardens, take care of the gardens, um, and then harvest the food, and then later learn to cook as they get older. So it was incredible to me to see the children, the life 
the life skills and the lifestyle of the children because they were so responsible with everything they were asked to do um, at, in their home, the cooking, and then the working in the fields, to what Carlos was speaking about in the church. The children pretty much ran the whole church service. I mean, the preacher came up to preach, but they led the, the music, and they were the inspiration, and they... And they they were just they were playing the piano and the guitar and and I I wanted to make sure excuse me make sure one the one of the girls that was she was the main one doing the singing and playing the electric organ I wanted her to know how impressed I was with her so after the service was over I asked um, Carlos to tell her that for me and she just. You know, she said, thank you, but it wasn't like, oh, thank you. You know, it was like, well, thanks, but I was just doing what I was supposed to do. So I was very impressed with the children there. Um, and I wanted to also mention that the, the, the children and the people in general in Guatemala are very small in stature. We noticed that immediately. Um, even in the airport, the ceiling was just, you just felt like you were going to scrape the top of your head um, because they're very small and we wondered about that, but later we were told it was because of the malnutrition, the history of malnutrition in the country and the poverty, but, um, but they're so blessed in so many other ways and their land just gives them an abundance of their food. So God is there with them. God is supplying them with everything that they could possibly need in the way of food. Um, but they are blessed for churches to come and help and, and help them along in their way of life and the life that they're given. Um, but God's very present um, there for those people. And I just would like to finish by saying that... Um, it was my honor, really, to go on this mission trip. Um, it was uh, we went to be a blessing, but you know when you when you're going somewhere to be a blessing, you're always the one to be blessed from being a blessing, trying to be a blessing for someone else. And and the way I was blessed so much, in particular, was knowing all these beautiful people on this team they have beautiful hearts and we just shared such a wonderful experience together and we all bonded and I thank you John uh, Glenn for your humor you and Carlos I'm telling y'all y'all had us laughing when we could have been crying most of the time because of the yeah. situations oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right John John White enjoyed John Glenn in other ways but <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the humor uh, and the and the you know just the camaraderie that we all had in the van when we were up against each other squished and feeling a little sick it was um very uncomfortable at times, but uh, we all just, you know, pulled together and encouraged each other, and we were flexible, like Logan said, and the children were a blessing. The workers that we worked with were wonderful people, um, just the sweetest, caring, giving group of people you would ever want to meet, and 
I just feel very fortunate that I had this opportunity to go, and I thank you, church family, for your support for us. I guess I guess it's my turn now. Uh, <laughs> it's after twelve. Tommy Green, it won't take me. I was given four minutes. It won't take me, but about around twelve to <laughs> say everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, for the most part, everything has everything has been been said. Uh, I did uh, I did learn a an important Spanish word before we went. Baño, and that's bathroom. And the other one was one of the guards at the place that we stayed taught me a Mayan word, sacarik, if I'm saying it right, and that's that's good morning. But uh, I am I'm extremely thankful for all that all everything that all of you have done to make it that made it possible for us to go. Uh, without that help, uh, there's possibility that it would have been a lot more difficult to go. I spent my most of my week working with Carlos and as he said it was uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed it uh, we were doing some uh, type of construction work that I wasn't familiar with but but he was very familiar with it and I taught him to speak Spanish on the way on the plane on the way down so he was able to interpret for us once we got there and I would have been lost in that respect also because I, I didn't have a clue as to what what any of them were were saying uh, but but we did we did get that uh, that that made that part of it a, a lot easier uh, Melvin talked mentioned the the worship service that we went to and and it was a, in all it was all in Spanish but that universal language of of Christian love showed through in the uh, in the worship service and and just just observing what was going on even though we couldn't understand even though I couldn't understand what they were saying it was it was pure worship and and their offering uh, that that did something to me for those folks that had nothing, had absolutely nothing. They were worried about us. They were wanting to make sure that, that we had plenty to eat while we were there. That's, uh, uh, that, was, that was something else. Uh, another thing I noticed: everywhere you'd go, there would be a there would be a cow tied up, maybe on the side of the road or or uh, um, beside somebody's house. And I saw one pig while we were down there. And we had it's been mentioned that the people are poor, and they are poor. But this pig was so poor, I don't think there was an ounce of fat back on him, and the side meat would have to have grease in the pan to fry. 
he was he was that poor but when I first got there I looked at these people and I thought well these are the poorest people I've ever seen in my life but as the week went on and I got to see more and more of them I realized that that these folks aren't poor they just don't have any money in so many ways they are so much they are so much richer than than what we are and I thought about what Paul tells us in in 2nd Corinthians uh, chapter 12 verse 9 he says my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness Christ's power is made perfect through their weakness a lot of times that's all they got that's all they've got and we could share our American wealth beyond their basic needs and I wondered if that would hurt them more than help them. You know, if we can help those, these, those folks to have their basic needs covered and educate them to the point that they can take care of themselves, that's another place that's extremely lacking in Guatemala is their education system. Um... From, from what we heard, it's, it's extremely unreliable. And so, you know, that, that kind of, that went through my head. And then when we, when we visited the mission, when we visited the, the mission, the, the pastors there were, were talking about how hard it was to, to reach some of the folks there. And, and even when they, when they do reach them, uh, how they still want to hang on to, to some of their Mayan gods that have been worshipped for, for generation after generation. And, you know, they're not, for those folks, they're not used to, a lot of them are not used to having one god. Uh, they want to make sure that all the bases are are covered. And, well, I, I thought about Paul when he was in Athens and they had the thing to the unknown God. But those missionaries out there, they don't just have an uphill battle to, to reach those people. They are, they've got a mountain to climb. They have got a mountain to climb to... To reach those folks and I'm just thankful that that I had the opportunity to be a, a small part of helping those folks and being there just thankful that that I had that opportunity and I think my 12 minutes is up Tommy <laughs> Well, I know for some of the team, uh, going on the mission trip was the easy part. When they found out that we needed to share for the church family, this was the hard part for some of them. But you guys all did great. Um, and thank you for sharing.
You've heard the names Roger and Vicki Grossman over and over again. And just to make sure you know, those were the two missionaries that we were working with uh, that guided our trip and, and the details of, of that throughout the week that we were there. And I shared with you a quote when I came back in last fall that they shared, and I want to share it again. It says this, and they were talking about this, meaning the medical clinic, the, the orphanage, the local ministry, the new cottage they're building, all the things that are happening there are the results of what happens when ordinary people give their best to Jesus. Ordinary people throughout North Carolina, ordinary people throughout the United States of America are involved in what's going on there in Guatemala. And we met some of those who were also coming in and out of Guatemala. But uh, North Carolina Baptists have given significantly to the work there in Guatemala, and we are seeing fruit of those gifts. One of the things that um, some of the team, as we are praying and discussing about who's going to go at the beginning stages of this and putting the team together, and some even said as we're getting ready to go, I don't know what exactly I'm going to be doing in Guatemala, but I'm willing to go and to be used in whatever way God would have me to be used. And as Logan uh, graciously and wonderfully talked about being flexible is one of the things I kept emphasizing over and over again from my mission trip experience is that the number one word is we need to be flexible. And what I saw happen two weeks ago in Guatemala was all of us on this platform taking whatever we had in our hand, and I say that symbolically, meaning that construction skills, cooking skills, which by the way, thank you uh, to Carla and Joanne and Elizabeth Pack and others who might've helped with cooking. I didn't really do any cooking, but they did a wonderful job taking care of us. But they took the skill sets that they had, the gifts and the resources that each of you had. John, especially with his engine work, Logan and Desi now have a pressure washing business if any of you need any pressure washing done. Um, But uh, they've got summer jobs now. But uh, the, the, the challenge that I have for you church is before we close and sing, is this question. What is in your hand? If you look to the Old Testament, and Moses was out in the middle of the Sinai sweltering desert, and he was complaining and griping, saying, I can't speak well, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, God. God asked Moses, what's in your hand? And he answered a staff. And he said, throw it down on the ground. And he did, and it turned into a serpent. And he told him to grab the tail of it, and he did, and it turned back into a staff. But Moses used that staff to lead the people of Israel out of Pharaoh's domination, He used it to split the Red Sea. He used it in the battle against the Amalekites. He used it in many different ways. We think in the New Testament of the young boy with the five loaves and the two fishes. It may be that you don't have a staff and five loaves and two fishes, as I don't either, but it may be that you have financial resources. It may be that you have material resources. It may be that you have skill sets and talents and gifts and abilities that when you offer those to God as an offering, can be turned around and used for kingdom growth in ways that you or I or no one ever expected. Each of you sitting in the pews this morning and on this platform and behind the organ and in the sound booth have skills and talents and resources. What would happen if we offer them not only to our local community, but into the greater world in which God has called us? Great things are yet to come and great things are still to be done in this city and in the city of Shelby, and in North Carolina, and throughout our world, if we will take what God has given us and offer it to him. We're going to stand. I'm going to invite you to stand and uh, sing. We're going to close with, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. And the reason we're using this song is, uh, you may have noticed in one of the, the photos, I was standing in a, in a building that the ceiling was right above my head. I don't know if you noticed that. I was standing with two local pastors, Carlos and Jose. And as John mentioned, they're in a village outside of Shale, Guatemala, that is a very dark place. 
and things are happening in that village that are really inappropriate for me to talk about here on Sunday morning from the pulpit. I'll be happy to share with you later. But God is, is growing. Things are, I mean, God, God's message is being sent out from there. Great things are happening there uh, in, this vi- in this village, which is otherwise a very, very dark place without a Christian, without a Christian witness. And uh, Vicki Grossman, as she's sharing the story about these pastors in this village church that has been a long time coming, she asked me, she said, Keith, would you be willing to pray? I'm going to ask Jose to pray, and then anybody else that wants to pray, would you pray? Well, before she did that, I said, is there a song that we may know that they also know? Maybe it's a song we sing in our churches, and it's a song that they would also know. And they immediately began singing, I've decided to follow Jesus. And what that means for them is very different, can be, than what that means for you and I. There's not a great cost. There may be at times that you and I have to pay for what it means to follow Jesus. But there is a cost there in this little village when you know the history and the culture of that village. So when they sang that song boldly and loudly and with great passion, it brought new meaning for me, and I know it did for our team as well. Let's sing the words of this closing hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. If you have never decided to follow Jesus this morning, I would love more than anything to talk with you about that. If maybe this morning you've been convicted about using the things that are in your hands, using your skill sets in a better way for, the, for kingdom growth here in Boiling Springs or maybe somewhere else, I'd love to talk with you about that as well. Let's stand and sing. Are we already? I decided to follow Jesus.